Welcome, Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. I am John Ledyard from PewterReport.com, and with me is Scott Reynolds, also of PewterReport.com. And we're ready. We're ready to turn the page on the awful 9 nothing loss to the Saints, Scott. We're ready to put it in the rearview mirror. We're not going to talk about it. If you hear us mention the Saints' loss in any detail on today's show. We will give you a super chat. I was going to say, we'll give you a super chat. I don't know how that works. <laughs> we'll, we'll do our best to give you a super chat. But we we're are turning the pain, Scott. We're going to send you rubles in the mail. That's how That's we're going right. to do it. There we go. Rubles. I love it. Good choice. Like uh, Bucks Panthers is coming up this week, Scott. And, oh, my goodness, do the Bucks need a win. They need to get back on the right track. Oh. It wasn't just a loss to the Saints. It was a demoralizing one, right? It was... You oh, lose yeah. players due to injury, serious players who really matter for your franchise. Yeah, They need this one. They need to be able to bounce back in this game. There'll be a lot of moving pieces. Um, there could be some good things in the injury report. There could be some bad things. Uh, we're going to talk about all of it yes. on today's show. We've got a ton of injury stuff to yeah. talk about. Bruce Aaron's comments on Ryan Suckup. Who's going to replace him? Thoughts on what well, we are going to talk a little Tampa. bit about. What's that? Le'Veon Bell in Tampa. Le'Veon Bell in Tampa. Yeah, totally forgot about that. We'll talk a little bit about what it'll look like moving forward at the skill position receiver positions, especially yep. receiver. Answer some questions, and we are going to preview the Panthers today. We'll get to some yes. of that too. There's this just is going to be a loaded show, together. folks. It a is a loaded show today. So be glad that you're listening and viewing today uh, rather than tomorrow, because we're not going to do a show tomorrow because we're going to be taking That's a little right. bit of time off. We are going to have. Full wall wall bucks content on pewterreport.com. Thanks to our great friends at Celsius. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so Get make sure orange. you got one of these today. If you got a Celsius, grab a drink with us because we're about to breeze through a lot of content on this show and you're going to need this Celsius to focus in. These are active lives every day with essential functional energy. And you can see Scott, those look empty to me. Yeah, they are. Already- I had I had two of these today. <laughs> two. Two. Not, not because man. they don't work, because I had a wicked hangover this morning. Oh, did you? So, went out last night with. with uh, I was going to say it's Wednesday, Scott. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, listen, she's a teacher. She's she's off on winter break. Oh, that's so, right. Yeah, like, that's right. Every every night's a Friday or Saturday, you know, for the next couple of weeks. But yeah, the right. thing is, uh, let's see. This one helped me get over the hangover. This one energized me for today's podcast. So wow, it's rare that, that I need okay. to. But right. boy, two will do the trick, and I'll be up till about one o'clock in the morning. There you go. But, you seem a little energetic and ready to go for today's show. Go. So, Let's go. Yeah. If people are interested, you can check out the the banners at pewterreport.com. You can check out the Celsius banners there, or go to celsius.com and uh, find the store locator to, to see where they sell Celsius near you. Uh, it is terrific stuff, the best energy drink out there. Amazing taste, lots of variety and flavors, and a lot of the bad stuff that's in other energy drinks, not in celsius and so you're getting the health benefit from it as well so make sure you check those out celsius.com use the um the amazon subscribe and save option to get those coming to you with regularity as well all right scott let's get to the injuries first okay so we know about chris godwin i think we didn't cover pat o'connor on monday's podcast because we didn't know yet but it sounded like correct first the report was that pat o'connor is going to be out for the rest of the year then uh i don't even remember who's reporting what i'm sorry at this point i I should have but somebody came back and then said pat o'connor's not not out for the full year. I think it was Greg Allman said yeah. he could come back for the playoffs. He's he's out for right. he's on the uninjured reserve. So he and Chris Godwin got put on injured reserve. Godwin's done. Pat O'Connor's done for the regular season. Could be back for the playoffs. Mike Evans, we're still not sure about. He could play this week. He might return the week after. 
he probably will play again in the regular season. We just don't know when yet. So we'll keep monitoring right. that one and see. Leonard Fournette and Levante David both seem to be in the same boat right now. Arian said today he's not sure if either are going to go to injured reserve or not. The team has moved players to injured reserve and hasn't moved either of them to injured reserve. They probably both will not play this week for sure, it sounds like. Uh, yes. That would be a surprise for both of them. Yeah. Uh, David I, I, has a foot sprain, no Fournette has a hand. Bruce Arians. Okay, I'm not the quarterback whisperer. I'm the Pew Report whisperer. But uh, I'm going to say that Levante David and Leonard Fournette are not going to play. Yeah. going to come out and say like, Here's my happen. guess. If they win – if they win against the Panthers and win against the Jets, because they're probably well, it depends what there is to play for, but they're probably will not play the final week of the season either. Mike Evans. If will something play. happens, Mike Evans will play. He wants 101 yards. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm talking about Fournette and David. This is my prognosis yes, for them. Right. They will probably not play those two games. My guess. Yep. And then I would, but I won't be surprised. I don't put them on injured reserve just in case they needed for whatever reason to win that week. So just the worst case scenario, Yeah, you know, so maybe if they win this week, you know, they, uh, then they couldn't do it either because they missed the first round of the playoffs. So I think they'll just carry them injured the next couple of weeks. They obviously have enough roster spots. I think there's four spots available now. So they yeah. should be okay in terms of roster spots and moving players up uh, now. So we'll see how that all plays out, but that's my guess. So you're likely looking at a Panthers game without Leonard Fournette and without Levante David. We'll talk about what that means on today's show. But it seems like some good news on the other side of the ball, of course, just as the defense is about to get fully healthy, except for Levante, right. now the other side of the ball gets destroyed. So the offense gets wrecked. The defense looks like they're going to get Jamel Dean back. He was a full participant today. Arian says That's he's right. totally fine now. So whatever illness, Arian said it might have been residual from the concussion. They're not sure. But he and then uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. did not practice today. Arians did say on Bucks Total Access he was pretty hopeful they'd both be back this week. So we'll just kind of see with Winfield. He said his foot was still sore today. Yeah. So we'll just see what he does Thursday and Friday. Could be the first time we've seen the Bucks full secondary take a snap together this season, Scott. We don't know yet, but be a nice time to that get him back nice. against one of the worst passing offenses in the NFL. Yes. No doubt about it. Um, you know, I, I think that the biggest thing that, that, um, you know, that I'm taking away from, from the injuries here is that the backups, because we talked a lot about the backups and how mm-hmm. they, they did not perform well in that game. They really yeah. got to step up. A wide receiver, yeah. Yeah, yeah, wide receiver. And wide receiver, and also in running back, too. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, this this is Ronald Jones' big game. This is the chance for him, as as Matt Matera pointed out in his article the other day on PeterReport.com. The tables have turned, right? I mean, this is Rojo's opportunity now to – come in and kind of play Leonard Fournette from a year ago and to take hold of that, that uh, uh, ground game, uh, that starting running back job. And I think the shortcomings of Ronald Jones in the passing game and also too of Keyshawn Vaughn, you heard Bruce Arians come out on total access and say that Vaughn's good runner, but he really is, is falling short in the passing game. He was in there in, in the second half of the game when Fournette was out because of his pass protection skills. But John, as you pointed out in your Bucks briefing column, which honestly, probably your best one since you've been here. Like I thoroughly enjoyed it. If you have not read John's Bucks brief briefing, make sure that you do so today. It is without a doubt um, gold. It maybe even platinum. I appreciate maybe, it. Maybe even adamantium. I'll just say that. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what that is, but I appreciate it's it. It's like Wolverine's claws. It's like, oh, yeah. It's like, right. Solid gold, platinum, and then there's, you know, adamantium. So I'm just saying, uh, 
as you pointed out, Keyshawn Vaughn, 12 pass targets in his Correct. career, five drops, five catches, and and he Most fumbled on one of those catches. Yeah, so this guy uh, is 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 not it when it comes to you know catching the ball. Uh, that's yeah. why they brought in this guy, right? Uh, and we'll see if Le'Veon Bell is. I mean, he definitely was at one point in his career. It's been a while since we saw that player. Uh, but I think yeah. the rationale with Le'Veon Bell and bringing him in is this. Uh, let me just real quickly address this question here. Is Sherman playing? Yeah. We don't know about Richard Sherman yet. Sorry, I for, did forget to mention him. That's my bad. He yeah. is was limited today in practice with his Achilles injury. So we'll see if he returns too. Could have yeah. the full secondary. Mike Edwards back from suspension as well. Antonio Brown was a limited participant, but Bruce Arian said, He's 100%, and he looks like he did before the injury. So yeah. uh, I guess we're mind, not seeing anything there. Today was a walkthrough Wednesday right. practice, so it's kind of tough to kind of gauge. Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll have a better idea tomorrow. So that's why, even though we're getting closer to Christmas and the holiday season, make sure you stay locked into pewterreport.com this week. Tomorrow is a big day because they're going to mm -hmm. have a full practice. Friday, we're going to see some determinations on who's going to be in and out. So, right. um you know, we've got Christmas coming up on Saturday, but just make sure that you're locked in tomorrow and Friday to PewReport.com. Your family will understand for sure. No question. <laughs> just, just, and know, if you haven't checked, room, pull it up on your phone. That's you right. Know, get get away when you need us. to, right? <laughs> Harvinder yeah. says, watch John's all 22. Brady was definitely not to blame. Those wide receivers are just doing their job. And Brayton Gronk just had a bad day. You know, I watched this game live, Scott, against Saints. And I was like, oh, okay, Brady, you know. I'm he, sorry. Uh, I thought he played fine. You know, it was like, uh, you know, yeah. I th I, but then I rewatching it. It was like, no, he actually played good. Like, I don't, yeah. uh, you know, like there's very little to complain about late in the game. Yeah. Every, yeah. Everybody was pissed off and Brady was one yeah. of them. And he made a couple, you know, bad throws late in the, I mean, I'm talking like the last two drives. They're down right. nine nothing in that situation, but most of the game, he was really fine. I mean, he was good. I would even say, I know that people yeah. are going to probably push back against that. I don't try not to use those words, but just check out the all 22. I dropped one. I'm not going to get into it a lot on this show. Um, I just I put point out about 20 or plus plays in the game showing you route running mistakes, drops and protection errors and all kinds of stuff, especially when the young players got in the game. You know, before that, I think it's important to note that he was doing pretty well. And I think, you know, just in general, you know, they I think he's been moving in the right direction a little bit yeah. lately. And so I, I think in, it, getting the guys back is going to be key and getting guys more reps in their spots is going to be key. Obviously, right. no Chris Godwin, Scott, moving forward and that represents a little bit of a struggle, right? So now you're yeah. thinking about how do the Bucks replace him? We talked about it a little bit on Monday. Yeah. Brashad Perryman's the other kind of forgotten guy. Bruce Aaron said today he's really close to coming off the COVID list. And so probably if him back this week as well. So Perryman and AB, and then probably if Evans can't play, Johnson or, or Miller uh, would be out there, you would think, uh, too. And so, and if Evans yeah. does play, then maybe Miller's in trouble being an active again. Um, but that's going to be the group probably. And I would imagine yeah. Tyler Johnson's going to get a good amount of opportunities while Perryman will mix in there a good bit as well, especially with AB probably not getting a hundred percent of the workload just yet. Yeah. And the thing is, is, is Bruce Arians was asked today, you know, if, if this, if losing Godwin is as big a loss as kind of, we all think it is. And he says, yeah, because he's the focal point of the offense. The offense runs through Chris Godwin in that slot position. And you're not going to see Tyler Johnson get 15 catches in this game. Um, they, they feature Chris Godwin because of two reasons. Number one, because of the position. It is the focal point. It, that slot receiver is is crucial because that's where Bruce Arians likes to attack 
He likes to attack the middle of the field mm -hmm. because that's usually a favorable matchup. Big time Pro Bowl cornerbacks that are worth, you know, tens of millions of dollars are on the outside. Yeah. Not in the nickel, not in the slot. And so you have Godwin, and sometimes he gets matched up against a slot corner. Sometimes it's a safety. Sometimes it's a linebacker in zone coverage with bracket coverage. And, and that's a winnable matchup. So part of it is, is the position itself. The other part of it is Chris Godwin. He's a special player. Mm. He's a special guy. And Johnson is not a special guy. Mm -hmm. Johnson is a number four, maybe number five wide receiver mm -hmm. on most teams. Right. So I think you're going to see the, the first part of this, the, the focal point of the offense, it, it's going to probably warrant seven, eight targets in the game just because of the slot position itself. That's exactly gonna, right. Yeah. But you're that, not going to see 15 to 18 targets like you might because Chris that, Godwin's not in there. That's what it, that's what has made me think about this more since Monday's show, Scott, is because it, will they change the offense so that it's less of a volume spot for Chris Godwin? You know, he was always going to be the volume receiver. We said that before the year, the numbers yeah. poured out during the year, targets, catches, obviously yards is a byproduct of that. He, he was at the top of the team. You know, was wasn't even that close for second place to be honest. Even as good as Mike right. Evans is, I don't know whether they are going to take take that and say, "Hey, we're going to change the role. We're going to change a little bit of the offense." Or is it easier to say, "All right, now we're going to plug a player in there and just ask them to do the same thing." But if yeah. you do that, Tyler Johnson, you cannot be giving Tyler Johnson your most targets. And <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? Like nobody cares if that's Chris Godwin, even if yeah. AB and Evans are out there. But if it's Tyler Johnson and AB and Evans are out there, you've got a huge problem. So right. that's what's made me go back and think a little bit. Hmm, what if AB is actually going to play a little bit more of this role than I kind of thought it was? I don't think it'll be Evans, but yeah. what if AB is going to do a little bit more of this you know what? than I thought maybe he was before? I, I think you're on something there, and I think that they're going to change the dynamics of, of this role, this slot receiver position, situationally, right? On first downs, it might be Tyler Johnson in there, and he might run a route on first down, or he might you know, crack back on a, a linebacker or safety in the run game, right? On third and 12, you might see A.B. in the slot, and he's not going to do any run blocking because that's going to be a passing down, but he might be running some of those routes that Chris Godwin would, would run in those obvious passing situations. So I agree with you. I think they could platoon those two guys in there. You know, I don't. I think Perriman is probably going to stay outside, but because of A.B.'s creativity and his ability to to – you know, to work through zone or man coverage wherever he is lined up on the field. I think you're on something there, John. There's there's problems with everything, though. Like everything presents some type of an issue. If Tyler Johnson has to stay outside and be more of an outside receiver because he can't do Chris Godwin's role, or they don't want him to be in that high volume of a role, yeah. then is Tyler Johnson going to continue to struggle because he's not been as good outside as he has been inside? He's just not – he doesn't have the assets. You could see it from the first snap of the game. He got bodied by Marshawn Lattimore and, you know, it was like couldn't be an inbreaker on that on that route. He couldn't get open. And so that's kind of been his struggle all season long when he's been on the outside. Um, he doesn't have the speed or quickness to separate from guys in the line of scrimmage or down the field. So he basically would be kind of like a non-asset at that point if he wasn't be able to play more in the slot. If he's just your blocking guy, a I don't. Tyler Johnson is not that great of a blocker. He's had moments, but he's not. I mean, he got certainly not against the Saints. And, yeah, it's just not been. He's not as big as Godwin. He's not as strong. He's not as technically sound. Um, yeah. There will be games where he'll get after people, but he's more of like a leverage um, crack. You know, he'll crack guys, things like that. But he's not going to 
come straight, you know, Godwin will go through the whole like a yeah. fullback and, you know, uproot yes. guys. And that's how they use him. You can't use Tyler Johnson that way. You definitely can't use AB that way. You don't have anybody in your roster you can use that way now. So you got to run the right. ball a little bit differently. So it's a lot of changes. You know, they're going to have to run more out of spread, which I think can honestly help them in a lot of ways. I agree. Um, I, as much as I like Godwin as a blocker, I, I, you know, I don't think that he's such an asset as a blocker that it, that it bringing more people into the box is always a good thing. There's going to be a lot of changes with it. I don't. Th- I think you'll see AB play some in the slot. I don't think yeah. you'll see Tyler Johnson step in and play 90% of the snaps like Godwin was. I, I think you'll see some combination, and it'll involve Perryman playing. And look, if Tyler yeah. Johnson can't separate on the outside, this guy's had a larger sample size to prove himself than anybody right. other than the big three since Scotty yeah. played at the beginning of last year. And Scotty proved himself at the beginning of last year, Scott. Bruce Aarons can say what he wants about Scotty's struggles, getting off press against big corners, things like that. And I get it. I'm not saying Scotty should be your number one. Like he had to be in like the Saints game and things like that. But there'd be a role for Scotty at field stretcher that Tyler Johnson is not going to give if that guy has to play outside. They've got to consider letting him play more, you know, if they're going to use AB more on the slot, I think. Yeah, and I think the thing too is when you when you look at Perriman, the problem is with Perriman, he's he's got a uh, he's got a a, a situation this week because if they want him to play some in the slot, he has not taken reps there and he won't not until lot, he gets yeah. off the COVID list. So he's right. not even practicing because yeah. he's on the COVID point. list. So, so he's, he's not really going to be involved in the on-field game planning. He'll be mm-hmm. virtually in meetings and things like that while he's on this list, but, but that's just not going to happen. I'm just fascinated to see how this works. I don't know what they're going to do because of how unique Godwin is to the offense. I, I I've, in the past, I would have said, oh, they're training Tyler Johnson to be that guy. But given the fact we've seen so much of Tyler Johnson this season and so much of it has been unimpressive, I don't know that they're going to feel comfortable. Bruce Arians' comments on Bucks Total Access, you can read them over at pewterreport.com. We wrote a bunch of quotes. He had very yeah. specific quotes on Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson and the tight ends as well. It's really good stuff. But one of the things he's talking about basically is that Tyler Johnson just straight up isn't getting open one-on-one against man right. coverage. And he said that all season. Like Bruce Arians yeah. has said that all year. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see who he thinks is the best of those guys. I think he thinks Perryman's the best. I don't know if Perryman yeah. is, but at this point, I'd you know I'd rather see him. I think I'd rather see him than Tyler Johnson. I just to see if he can give you that one big play. You know what I mean? Yeah. Can he can he threaten you in one way? It's the Scotty Miller factor. Mm-hmm. They can at least threaten you in one way. Right now, Tyler Johnson's not really threatening yeah. anybody in what he's asked to do. So it makes it difficult to find a role for him. Right. Well, we're not going to threaten you. We're going to ask you to subscribe to our Peter Report TV YouTube channel because we're nice. And so we ask you, please, if you're watching this broadcast, whether you're live or whether you're watching the the taped version of it on on YouTube or if you're listening to us on SoundCloud, make sure you go to Peter Report TV, hit the subscribe button and then hit the like button for all of our videos. Not just one, but all of them. Go ahead. The like button for every single one. Why? Because it helps our algorithm gets us up in the search rankings so other Buccaneer fans can find out about us and, and enjoy the content that we provide to all you guys. So thank you. Absolutely. And uh, if you don't know, go if you're looking for a more in-depth conversation, not just about the Bucks or about sports, you can go over to Spotify Green Room, talk music, sports, and culture live. You can join the conversation there. You can jump into these rooms and you can take the mic. You can download Spotify Green Room on the App Store and you can get it on Google Play. It's awesome stuff with our friends from Spotify green room. And then of course, if you're looking for a great night out with a family, there's no better place than pin chasers. Great place to go for bowling, for food, especially they got an all you can eat pizza night, Scott. And they I do. heard you can get breakfast any time of the day at pin chasers. I'm a, I yeah. love that. I think that's great. 
No, it is. And the food is really good too. It's not bowling alley food. It's like you're going to a bowling alley, but also a restaurant. So it's, wow. the food is I'll better than it. you think. It, don't sleep yeah. on it. Uh, don't, you know, go there hungry because whether it's the, the Philly cheesesteaks, the pizza is phenomenal. Uh, their the breakfast, uh, I've, I've been bowling on Sunday mornings and had their brunch. It's quite good. They also have got a bar there. You can grab a beer. Uh, mm -hmm. soft drinks and water for the kids so it's a great opportunity to have some family fun and get fed that's right it's great stuff and you can see the locations up there east pasco midtown and veterans uh so make sure you check those out uh pin chasers great place to take the family out even during the you got family in town or holiday during the next week or so you know it's a great place to stop by and uh have some fun with the family have some good food as well so um, Scott, we got to dive into this Panthers match. I'm trying to think if there's yeah. anything else we need. We haven't talked about Bell a lot. Let's talk about Le'Veon Bell a little bit more. Yes. Bruce Arian said today that recommendation from Randy Feetner, who is the Steelers offensive coordinator for the last couple of years before this year. And then, um, was Bruce Arian's quarterbacks coach when Arians yeah. coached in Pittsburgh. Feetner just kind of stuck it out there for a long time. And then was finally fired last year. It's actually really, funny. I posted that on Twitter about Feetner recommending Bell to Arians and Steelers fans <laughs> lost their mind because Feetner was just so horrible in two years as an OC in Pittsburgh. Um, but uh, he, he, I, I think he knows Le'Veon Bell. He's coached Bell for five years, yeah. four years. Oh, I guess, and that's Le'Veon Bell, by the way, he did play five games for the Ravens this year. Right. And he wore number 17, which was a massive mistake. So it's not surprising that it didn't work out for him. Now he's wearing number six for the box. So I'm just saying, Should have I better think luck. This, Yes, the chances of him going off, Scott, are just so much higher wearing a yeah. good number like that. I mean, yeah, no 17 and a running back is repulsive, but it six, is. that's it great. Is. Yes. Yeah, six yeah, six is good stuff. You can see here he's already getting the download. The new Matrix movie came out. I think they're they're trying to do that to, to Le'Veon Bell <laughs> to stick a little cord in the back of his head and download all of the, the passing game um, uh, plays. <laughs> They saw Keyshawn Vaughn tears ACL running around on air, and they said, "You know what? We're gonna need to, we're gonna need to do whatever it takes to get this yeah. guy on the field." Yeah, there's no doubt. There's Todd McNair. He's he's doing he's pulling the matrix uh, with Le'Veon Bell. And the interesting thing is is in, in listening to Le'Veon Bell's press conference today, Tom Brady told him, "If you need anything, don't go to the coaches. Come to me." That's what he said. That he is, said, "Don't go to the coaches." I thought yes. he said, "Come to me." I didn't see. He said, "Don't go to the coaches." Well, yeah, don't go to the come to me first. I should say. I, I'm not. Oh, gotcha. I'm not trying to suggest that Tom Brady says, you know, like screw Todd McNair. Now, Todd McNair right, knows right. what he's a great running backs coach. But what he's saying is, come to me first, because yeah. Tom Brady's going to be the one throwing up the ball. It's not going to be Todd McNair or Byron Leftwich or Bruce Arians. And I would suspect you're going to see a lot of of Tom Brady playing catch with Le'Veon Bell today, tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, before the game. And um, and I think you're going to see Le'Veon Bell come in on third downs on Sunday. That's my prediction because yeah. this guy can still catch the ball. Running the ball, you know, he's lost some juice for sure. Let's not focus on what he did with the Steelers because that was many, many moons ago. Three 1,000-yard seasons, three Pro Bowl years. He missed 2018, had a contract dispute, signed with the Jets, that was an abomination of a signing. It didn't work out. He ended up with Kansas City uh, seven games into, into the 2020 season. In Kansas City, he rushed the ball 63 times for 254 yards and two touchdowns. The four-yard average you know, was, was okay, was serviceable. But he, he caught 13 passes for 99 yards. And with Baltimore, he was called on to do a little bit more running because they just have had – 
a lot of injuries at the running back position. 31 carries, 83 yards, two touchdowns in uh, Baltimore. One catch, minus one yard. They don't throw the ball to the backs in Baltimore, so I'm, I'm not looking at that. But what I am looking at is this is a running back who over his career has averaged 8.2 yards per catch. And that's a little bit better than what Leonard Fournette has done here. So, John, I think at the, at the very least, this guy can come in, pass protect on third downs, catch a couple passes, move the sticks. I think that that's kind of what they're looking for is yeah. for him to come in and be head and shoulders above Keyshawn Vaughn and Ronald Jones on third downs for Tom Brady. And they may have interrupted his boxing career as it was getting underway yes. for Le'Veon Bell as he signed with the Bucks. You know, he's talked about that a little bit. And he was recently in the news, actually. He was tweeting at uh, that blonde circus clown who is paying people to let him knock them out. I forget his name, but he was tweeting at him about, like, oh, I'll, I'll fight you, blah, 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 like two days before the Bucks signed him. So, oh, well, yeah. we'll see. Uh, I don't, I covered Le'Veon Bell for years in Pittsburgh. Um, obviously with AB, those two were close friends. I don't know what the relationship's like now. I don't know if he was asked that today or not, but, um, yeah, he, um, you know, I think Bell's a good dude. Like he's, there's none of the AB concerns that I had personally. Like he's a good dude who, yeah, when he was young, made some, some silly mistakes, but I, you know, he hasn't been a bad apple anywhere that I know of, even in Pittsburgh, like the contract thing. You know, I think really more ego than it was character, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, I I mean, yeah, there's things like if you were signing him to big money, I'd be, you know, but this is a situation they want him to play for three weeks. That's all that it is. And Fournette's hopefully back after that. And maybe Geo's back at some point in the playoffs. And, you know, unless Bell is like clearly better than maybe he is better than Vaughn, you know, we'll see if he even has a role at that point. But it's going to be ancillary, it's not going to be a big deal in that way. So I'm sure that he will be better than Vaughn. William Butler with the better than Vaughn. $5 $5 super chat. I'm playing the saints on Madden right now and make sure they don't score. I'm still salty. Good job. Well, put that on rookie mode or whatever Madden has these days. Do, it, do whatever it takes to get that W. William. Okay. Get the For fat sure. taste out of your mouth. Now, speaking of salty, I was a little salty on Sunday. Um, I think it was right after um, the blades of grass covered Keyshawn Vaughn on his second pass attempt uh, and covered him so well that tripped him up. No penalty called on the grass though. Maybe the blown call, but but uh, but Vaughn ended up on his butt, wide open, but ended up on his mm. butt, unable to haul in that second pass from Tom Brady after dropping a perfectly thrown pass from Brady in the first attempt. Yeah, uh, and so what I said was after that, I, I tweeted out from the Peter Report account. Um, you know, it, it ain't Vaughn, not in twenty twenty one, not in twenty twenty two. <laughs> just gonna, I mean, you're probably right. Bruce Arians continues to praise him. It's well, he weird. Has he to. and Jalen Darden, I, I, like that's. I thought, yeah. I thought about this. He has to. Yeah, this is he all has. coach speak right here. He's. What's he going to say? We don't have any faith in Vaughn. Then that he plays Vaughn because Brojo's going to need some some breathers. You know, it's like yeah, like you, you're. St- and, and listen, I I I take things from every coach I've covered, even the bad ones, right? And one thing Dirk Cutter said when they had a rash of injuries is he just kind of came out and said, listen, the, the cavalry is not coming. Like, yeah. there's no saviors on the street. Right. We have to play who, who we have. These guys know the system. So the cavalry is not coming, guys. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that's that's exactly what Dirk Cutter said. I appreciate his honesty. And really, yeah. you know, is Le'Veon Bell a savior on the street? There's a lot of teams out there that need running backs. And, you know, he's out there for a reason. Right. I mean, and maybe this this fits, maybe this works. Maybe he's super jazzed to play with Tom Brady. It sounded like he was. Mm-hmm. So maybe his effort level goes up and he 
does some pass protection things and catches the ball and and helps out for a couple of weeks. Maybe he sticks around and gets a ring or, you know, at least had a t-shirt. We'll see. But it just, to me, John, it's coach speak. Anything I hear about Jalen Darden or Keyshawn Vaughn, I'm going to respect the hell out of Bruce Arians. He knows uh, he's forgotten more about football than I'll ever know. But mm. how can you sit there and look at what these guys have done or not done and say, yeah, I'm really fired up about Jalen Darden or Keyshawn Vaughn. You know? Yeah. Uh, you, you can't, um, which is why these guys need to step in. Antonio Brown needs to be ready for a bigger role. Gronk needs to bounce back. You know, Bruce said something on Bucks Total Axis was interesting. Just basically said, you know, he was kind of asked, Casey Phelps kind of asked him about Gronk and Brady and their connection. And he was like, yeah, I think they obviously, neither of them are satisfied. And he said, especially Gronk, you know, you know, he said, the guys are, he said that it was today, maybe in media, he said the 10 yeah. guys around Brady need to step up and play a lot better. I appreciate That's it. Right. You know, everybody's always gets on Arians when he rips Brady, but really, what you know, Brady, what Arians has said all week is the Brady. He said it on Bucks Total Access. Brady played fine. Everybody else was a huge right. problem, and we that can't be yep. the case moving forward. We need to do a way better job around him. And you know, he's he's been a straight up whenever he's been asked, said exactly what he thinks about Brady's play, and he's done nothing but defend him this week. And so, and I think it's spot on. And so, I think we'll see. Right. You know, Panthers game as we kind of transition and move over to that part of it. Oh, actually, yep. before we do that, we got to talk about Ryan Suckup. I'm sorry, we didn't do this on Monday's podcast, and I had said in the description we would. I apologize right. to people who are looking for that. I'm glad we didn't, though, because today we've got even more to talk about. Arians has made it clear for a couple of weeks now. Ryan Suckup's misses have to stop. Here's the only problem. Ryan Suckup really isn't missing any gigs, Scott. Like, I don't. Right. He hasn't missed a field goal before the other day, which is a 48-yarder. He missed it. Yeah, he should make it. Yeah. But he hadn't missed a field goal since week seven. Before that, he's only missed four on the year. He's only taken 21, so it's not great, but it's not bad. Right. It's definitely not like a string of misses, and he's 47 of 50 on extra points which obviously he's kicking more extra points than anybody else in the league this year, which is a better right. percentage than he had last year. I'm not saying Suckup has had this unreal all pro season, but he was 28 to 31 on field goals last year. And he's 17 to 21 this year on field goals, less opportunities, but he's missed four and he missed three last year. And one of the ones he missed this year was a, a 56 yarder. Like that's probably outside yeah. his, his ability. So I just don't really get it. Like, why are we being critical of a kicker with that? Like, considerable reason to be critical of now he knows that his suckups headspace better than i do but i'm never trying to mess with the kicker's head and if that kicker's like really struggling maybe i try that tactic but like ryan suckups not struggling like this is a weird thing to me that bruce Arians hasn't just brushed off the ryan suckup stuff it's just not that big he should have made the kick against the saints yeah. it would it could have changed the outlook of some things for sure but it's just not that big of a deal like suckup right. has not been bad i don't get it no, I'm, I'm with you. Um, he hasn't been bad. Um, uh, I, I mean, you never know when it's coming. I think for you're right. Yeah, it, exactly. And, and at the same time, uh, don't mess with the kicker set, right? That's you, you what can, I'm saying. You can, you can yell at Brady all you want. He didn't care. I mean, yeah. it'll just piss him off and make him play better the next week. But, but yeah. Uh, and the other thing is, you know, how about the punter? It's like, I think he did, both yeah. of, and he talked both about opinion too. Them. Yeah. yeah. Opinion has to punt better too. And, uh, Special teams have not been special. I don't know that he's going to do anything with Keith Armstrong, but man, it's like at mm -hmm. some point you got to hold somebody accountable for how just non-existent right. this unit has been. I mean, it's it sounds so cliche to say the Bucks special teams are unspecial, but they are. I mean, there's mm -hmm. nothing special about special teams. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's hard to even judge their coverage teams because they allow so few returns right. in general. They don't pump very often, and then you know they don't allow many kickoff returns. So. 
they especially kind of get more hidden than almost any other team in the league. And in a game yeah. like this, they punt against the Saints a bunch of times and they give up a big punt return. It makes a big difference, obviously. Um, overall, yeah, I mean, the return games obviously haven't been good. Darden falling on his face is part of that. And I don't know how much of that to put on Armstrong. But then Berserians goes out and praises Armstrong every week when he's asked or praises Darden when he's asked about him every week. And I'm always like, yeah. what? <laughs> but I, I anyway. Think, I think that was it. I'm sorry. I, I think in hindsight, in hindsight's always 2020. But I mean, Jaden Mickens would be helping this team right now. I tried to tell everybody. Yeah. Everybody was like, "No, right. he, Mickens never no, does right. anything. Nope, he doesn't right. make mistakes, though. Doesn't like, make mistakes. Yes. Yeah. He always got positive yardage. I think, he, so. I think he gives you more as a receiver. Right. He does. Yeah. For um, sure. I, I just I think he's a, he's a better player. I mean, I think they rolled the dice. They 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 had to give Darden enough time, and they're still going to give him next year. They're not going to cut him in the offseason. I mean, they'll mm-hmm. they'll be in training camp and stuff, but. It's like this. The NFL is a fast-moving train, man. It's like mm-hmm. you, you get a year, you get two training camps to show you can you can develop and, and improve, right? Yep. And, and even even a guy like Anthony Nelson is way better now than he was last year or the year before. Is he ever going to be anything more than maybe a mm-hmm. three sack guy? Maybe not. Maybe he's hit his ceiling right now, but right. he has improved. He has. Yep. And, and and but it's a, you need to see the improvement from Keyshawn Vaughn. Mm-hmm. And Jalen Darden, they've got to be head and shoulders better next August than they are right now. Otherwise, right. they're not going. They're not locked for this team. Yeah, and and to be fair to Darden, it's a big jump. And I I, I personally right. am not like I don't I don't care to like necessarily comment on his future. I'm just saying right now, like if he has to play wide receiver snaps, I mean he's supposed to be like the seventh or eighth guy on the team going into the year, and then like things happen and. You can only bring Cheryl Grayson up so many times, I guess, and so all that kind of stuff. And Mickens is gone now. And so, I mean, he becomes the sixth guy and then four guys get hurt and he's in the game. And so, you know, it's just, it's hard to plan for that amount of injuries, you know, if you're a team. So anyway, it just, Bruce said he did get open some. I didn't see that necessarily on the tape, but uh, oh well. Uh, but um, so you hope is that True. he won't have to play that Fair much point. this week, and, and we'll we'll see what happens. Obviously, but let's talk about the Panthers a little bit. Let's talk about uh, more specifically uh, because yeah, we gotta gotta get into this matchup offensively, Scott. So we have some breaking news out of Carolina, John. Oh my. Okay, the breaking news is Cam Newton's going to start, but okay. what's been happening? Sam Darnold's going to play. Oh my! That's what so no PJ. Wa- they're not playing their best quarterback. They're choosing not to play PJ Walker. <laughs> nope. Okay. Nope. I think we're going to see, and this this could be gamesmanship, right? This could be making sure that that you know that a guy like Todd Bowles has got to prepare for for both. And of course, Bowles would say, "We're just preparing for Carolina's system. We're not necessarily game planning for any particular quarterback." But the problem is, is Sam Darnold is a passing quarterback. Right. He will throw the ball. And when you look at Cam Newton, he will run the ball. Matter of fact, yeah. even though Cam Newton is not the Cam Newton that he used to be, you know, rushing for what a dozen touchdowns, 14, 20 touchdowns, whatever he had in his MVP season, he will still tuck the ball and run. And that's because he struggles as a passer. <laughs> All right. It's like he's not very accurate. Uh, he is not nearly the quarterback that he used to be. Injuries have really robbed Cam of of being that player. And you look at at Newton through five games, 54.9% completion percentage, and with four touchdowns, four interceptions. Now, Darnold has not been lighting it up either before he got hurt with that shoulder injury, kind of like a back injury, really. Seven touchdowns, 11 picks. 
was off to the hot start, but now he's dipped below 50, or I should say below 60% completion percentage, 59.5. But he's averaging 241 yards per game in there as a passer, whereas Newton only 161 passing yards. And Newton will take off and, and run with the ball in those five games, 183 yards on the ground and a five touchdowns. He's dangerous down there by the goal line. The, the Buccaneer fans know that more than the current Buccaneer players and coaches. I would say Levante David knows it, but Levante is not going to mm-hmm. be out there helping out. Yeah. But without Christian McCaffrey, uh, Chuba Hubbard has been the guy. The rookie out of Oklahoma State has got a 500 yards rushing, 3.6 yard average. Uh, kind of a, of a track guy, but really has not shown that track speed. Longest run of the year, 26 yards, and I doubt he's going to come anywhere close to that against a stout run defense like the Bucs. Uh, so they don't really run the ball that well behind the offensive line. Four touchdowns for, for, for Hubbard. And without McCaffrey, they're just not dynamic on the ground. They, they brought in Amir Abdullah, and he is the kind of that pass-catching back. He scored a touchdown against uh, Buffalo in the passing game. But their passing game, really, John, is is DJ Moore. All right? he's, he's been the guy for them in the passing game. Uh, Moore had some success last year against the Buccaneers. Right, He played in, yeah. in, in two games. And if you remember back in week two in Tampa, eight catches, 120 yards. And then in the rematch in Carolina, the Buccaneers won both these games handily. 46 to 23 was the one that was where Ronald Jones had the 98 yard touchdown run, ran for 192 yards. But in mm-hmm. that game, Moore had four catches for 96 yards and a touchdown. So yep. he's had a really good season. And he Owens. was on the injury report today with a hamstring and did not participate yep. today for the Panthers. So we yep. will see how that plays out. Also, here's a funny bit of news. Speaking of breaking news, Stefan Gilmore was also on the injury report today as a limited uh-huh. participant. And Stephon Gilmore had no idea that he was on the injury report. <laughs> he met with the media today, <laughs> and they told him he was on the injury report, and they asked him how he was feeling, and he said he did not know he was on the injury report, and it's blowing up on Twitter right now as a big day. Everybody's making fun of the Panthers, and they've pretty much been making fun of the Panthers all season long. This is yeah. not a losing record team that is kind of like coming together and finding their way, and they're scrapped. Like, they have pretty yeah. much been coming apart at the seams, especially over the quarterback decisions. Like, Matt Rule has – been vocally blaming Cam Newton for stuff that is like kind of like yeah. clearly not Newton's fault on tape, and then Newton is obviously not still not been good. On top of that, right. it has been a bizarre you know, rule. Is like going into every press conference, like clarifying things that he said or like yeah. contradicting himself. It's Wait, John. He fired his offensive coordinator this he year. Fires offensive, yeah. <laughs> like in a clear, like what he's working with Sam Darnold. Yeah. What's left of Cam Newton and PJ Walker? Yeah. I just like, what are you even thinking? Like Joe Brady, meanwhile, everybody wants to hire him. And he's like sitting back and waiting to look at his jobs. I'm not even saying Brady's great. I'm just saying how the heck, like what? Yeah. Like they have nothing to quarterback. It just, you know, these are decisions rule made. Now here's my thoughts, Scott. I don't think rule obviously is, I mean, Sam Darnold was horrible. And yeah. so I don't think he like is can't wait to go back to Sam Darnold, but I really don't think he wants like the Cam Newton thing. Like, right. I, I could go into a lot yeah. of reasons, but I'm not going to, I'm just saying, I don't think yeah. he wants the Cam I Newton thing to be a thing. I think he's going to say he's going to start him yep. and then he's going to, yep. And then I'll and, sit him and, and it'll be Darnold. Darnold yeah. mostly the game. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Which uh, me and the Bucks should have three picks. So. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, the, the, 
Yeah, and the thing too is, is they invested some money in Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson had a much better year last year than he did mm-hmm. this past season, and you know they made the commitment to Anderson. Only 401 yards on 39 catches. I mean, when you look at DJ Moore, DJ Moore has 78 catches for 986 yards, averaging 12.6 yards per catch, four touchdowns. Robbie Anderson really is about half the production, except there he's got four touchdowns also. But 39 catches, 401 yards. It's just a huge drop off. It's not like it's mm-hmm. Evans and Godwin, where it's kind of like one A and one B. This is like you know one. And then, like, number three, really, there is no number two guy in Carolina. It's Anderson, but kind of by default. They just don't have a lot of weapons uh, to, to throw the ball to. And, and as a yeah. result, you know, that means Sam Darnold holds on to the ball. Mm-hmm. He gets sacked. He throws interceptions. You know, Darnold in nine games was sacked 22 times. So yeah. that offensive line is is a bit of an issue when you look at, at Carolina. Uh, oh, it's a huge issue. They're, they might is. be the worst offensive line in the NFL, Scott. I mean, yeah. And then you take into consideration the quarterbacks too. Darnold's never had good pocket presence. Cam Newton's pocket presence has probably been his his worst trait. Uh, you talk about an offensive line that's already bad, and now Matt Paradise is out, I believe, their yes, center. Yeah. And Cam Irving was on the injury report today with a calf injury, who I believe is their left tackle. He's limited today. Yeah. The, I mean, that is where this game. Like we're going to talk about the Bucks offense, but there is just absolutely no, a defensive line as good as the Bucks. Yeah. Should pulverize this Panthers front and There's should no doubt about it. multiple sacks, strip yeah. sacks, forced interceptions. It should be the splashiest game of the year. You have it mistake prone quarterbacks who take a lot of sacks right. against the Bucs and Todd Bowles. It's like John Miller, the right guard, has given up five sacks this year. Michael Jordan, not not the MJ, this other guy, uh, has <laughs> definitely, given up four, yeah. definitely not MJ. Let's <laughs> just clarify. Yeah. yeah. Um, not even Michael B. Jordan. This is like Michael F. Jordan. That's right. Okay. Um, <laughs> Michael F. Jordan. I'm just saying, like he's given up four sacks, and and then you've got uh, Pat Michael Elfin. Z. Jordan. Put him at the yeah. bottom. Z Z Z Jordan. Yeah. Um, and then then you've got uh, Pat Elfline. If I'm saying his name correctly, he's the the center uh, filling in for Matt Paradis, who's an injured reserve. Uh, and even Taylor Moten has not been as good as he was last year in terms of pass protection. And Cam Jordan, I'm sorry, Cam Jordan, Cam Irving, God for help me, that's Cam Jordan. Oh my God, I'm just bringing <laughs> up those about nightmares him, from Sunday night. <laughs> sorry, I meant Cam Irving. Cam Irving, yeah, yeah. the left tackle, is 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 not good. He's given oh up three sacks and uh, I believe 21 pressures this year so that is that is a wickedly bad group at the same time john if i'm i'm being honest and i am being honest i was not impressed with what anybody on that, that bucks defensive line outside of joe tryon shoinka did against the the new orleans saints when they were starting to uh, are you talking you're talking about just up. pass rush right pass rush yeah okay yeah. All right. just just, just get, get they, into the quarterback yeah it's probably the most I mean, discussed thing Thing of that game that the defensive yeah, line JTS did his thing. JPP was invisible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm talking about, oh, yeah. about the the passing plays. You're not getting jack from JPP the rest of the year. Like, it's just not. Yeah. Like, just ain't in the it ain't in the tank. Uh, you know. But these are good matchups for all these guys. You know, Moten's a, a very good player. The yeah, rest of their is. offensive line is probably. And he, he's probably, had like, success against Shaq Barrett too. You know, mm-hmm. Taylor Moten's had some success yes. against Jack Barrett. So. Right. And they should move Barrett around for sure. They should, you know, yeah. they could run their games. Again, there's four like extremely winnable matchups on this offensive line. 
you know, there should be no reason why they can't take advantage of those matchups and win across the board in this game. You know, talking about the most diverse blitz package in the league. Now you are going to see like blitz on blitz in this game because the Bucks blitz at like the highest percentage in the NFL. Yes. Panthers are the third highest. Most of the teams yes. the Bucks have played this year have not blitzed a lot, uh, especially right. against Brady because they realize it's a bad idea. No clue yeah. how the Panthers will will treat that if they'll think they can one up everybody else in that area or if they'll change I'm tactics. But I watched the Panthers Bills game waiting for the Bucks game last Sunday. I was very impressed with what I saw from Carolina's front four. They had Josh Allen, who is a running quarterback, running all day, running for his life. Mm -hmm. And he got sacked four times. So how much better does the Bucks O line match up against the Panthers D line? I'm gonna say not very very well, to be honest. Um talent across the board, the Bucks have it. But they got to show up, and maybe, maybe they will because they played so poorly against the Saints. Maybe this is such a prideful group: Ryan Jensen, Donovan Smith, Tristan Wirfs, Ali Marpet, Alex Kappa. You can point to all five guys. Maybe Marpet played the best. Right? I think I think Marpet had a, had an okay. He had a winnable game. I thought he mm -hmm. won most of his matchups. I can't say the same for the other four. And if if you have one guy. It's almost like a leaky faucet. If you have one guy that's not really doing well, that's that's acceptable, right? Out of five, right. but when it's four out of five that aren't playing well, like holy crap, you know? Right, <laughs> bend down the hatches. I'm worried about Donovan Smith. I'm not really worried about anybody else. Uh, I mean, Burns is tough. Reddick's tough, but he, you know, he's going to be going up against most of the game probably against Werfs and. Well, Reddick's it, it not really, big. It really He's not powerful. Yeah, nobody Brian who is Burns. not powerful has not has given Werfs issues. He's never struggled yeah. with speed. So I yeah. like the matchup there fine. Burns because he can inside out you. That's who Smith struggles against. Yeah. So yeah, I'm worried about that and one. But the, the, the well, the thing is, is Burns played an awful lot. And maybe it's a matchup thing, but he played an awful lot. Almost, I think the whole game at left end going up against the right tackle for Buffalo. So I have him. Yeah, 23 snaps on the left side against Buffalo. So he did split more in that game than other ones. He yeah. still had 36 on the right side. Yep. But in other games before, like the game before, it was eight snaps on the right side, on the left side, sorry, 20, yep. uh, sorry, uh, 39 on the right side. So he, it yeah. depends on the game. He has it, moved it around. It depends on the game and the matchup. And that, that's one thing, too. They will move him around. They'll move Hassan Redick around. Uh, Redick has 11 sacks. Burns has nine. Yep. So that's 20 sacks between those two guys. The Panthers have 36 sacks in the season, so they can get after the quarterback. If if they're going to stymie the Buccaneers, it will be in in the in the pass rush department. Uh, Gross Gross uh, Matos is is an up and comer. He got a sack last week. He's more of of a bigger guy than Burns, yeah. who's the under undersized twitchy guy. Hassan Reddick is a linebacker. Reddick was even, a linebacker. Yeah, that's yeah. how small he was at yeah. one point. Yeah, he's he's even smaller and twitchier. Right. But both those guys bring speed. And it's interesting because Arian said that those are they bring some speed off, off the outside, but they'll rush inside too. And now what the Saints did on a couple of occasions, and that's how Cam Jordan got his sack against Alex Kappa, was he was a defensive end, lined up a defensive tackle, and came inside. And you had – I want to say it might have been Quan Alexander on both of those plays, but they had a linebacker, a true linebacker on the outside playing the edge. And I know for for sure, uh, for sure, that Alexander lined up on Donovan Smith, and they moved Marcus Davenport, who's a defensive end, inside to tackle, and that's where he looped around Ryan Jensen and came through and got a sack. So, mm -hmm. so two sacks by defensive ends from the Saints came actually inside. Now the difference is. 
Cam Jordan's a big dude. He's a big physical yeah. guy. Totally different got, physical matchup. Yeah. Totally different, right? In terms of of that, because Brian Burns is nowhere near the size of Marcus Davenport or Cam Jordan. But I just wonder if they're going to be doing a lot of twisting and stunting inside, kind of like what the Bucks are doing, John, with Joe Tryon Shoinka trying to create mm-hmm. some of those speed matchups. And and John, in in your Bucks briefing, one of the actually was it was not Bucks briefing. It was it was your stop the madness. It's time to start JTS. That mm-hmm. story. We had a great video where, and I, I pulled out the stopwatch. JTS goes from the strong side B gap at the snap, all the way across the guard, the center, the guard in the tackle space, and hits the weak side C. So he crosses through five gaps, yeah, down the line of scrimmage on a twist, and came around the tackle in this C gap, strong side B to weak side C. In three seconds, he wow. was on Taysom Hill, yeah. almost got a sack in three seconds. Was that the one beginning of the game? He forced the throwaway on third down? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That was, it was an unbelievable. incredible rush. Yeah, because incredible. in that play, Sue is rapping to contain yes. Taysom Hill. And Taysom Hill goes way out of the pocket and kind of at the last thing is outrunning Sue. I don't know whether he's Oh, no, no, no. It wasn't that do. play. No, no. Oh, it wasn't it's, that the, play. It was, it was a different – it ended up being a throwaway. It ended up being a incomplete okay. pass. Hill was in the pocket the whole time. Oh, but I know it, which one you're talking yeah. about. Yep. yep. Forced an incomplete, yeah, yes. quick throw, yeah, before and, he was ready. It was the there end was zone so angle many plays. There was where he goes from left to right. It, it was just, yeah. it's incredible. Yeah, the, he is allowing them to do on. a lot, especially in terms of containing the pocket. Uh, he's, yeah, he's, that's a good, that was a good, that's a good point. All those plays, he's, he's awesome. Um, yeah. And so he needs to play more for sure. Emily says, I know it's because of the last game, but why do I just have a bad feeling about this next game? I mean, it's a banged up team that's trying to figure out who's going to play a couple key roles for this team. I mean, yeah. there's changes at running back and you have two very mistake prone players playing. We're going to play most of your snaps at running back. So when they get touches, yeah, everyone will be holding their breath and, and you have new guys filling right. in for Chris Godwin and none of them are proven especially in that role. So, yeah, you're going to be asking questions. The offensive line is coming off a rough game. The sample size still says it's a great unit. I'm not necessarily necessarily is worried about them but obviously the panthers have a good front and so and they have a good secondary too i mean this is a team that is right now second in the nfl and passing yards against uh, per game uh, allowed now they can be run on a little bit they're a little bit smaller up front they've had some issues at defensive tackle they've they sat Derek brown who was their first round pick they sat him down for a little bit he came back and has played a little bit better since then and so we'll see what happens but that you know maybe they can be run on a little bit but it's a good d-line Gonna have to control yeah. the trenches, but it's strength on strength there. Bucks have obviously excelled on the O line. I'm not writing them off after one bad game, half really against the right. Saints, and so they need to be really well prepared for the pressure the Saints are going to throw at them, and they need the quick game to be ready too. I mean, Antonio Brown's got to make a big impact. It's hard to see the Bucks yeah. offense having a lot of success if Antonio Brown doesn't make a big impact. I agree, and and, and I think what concerns me, just like it does Emily, if there if there is cause for concern, I think it's two things. Number one, it is if Carolina's pressure can get to Tom Brady. And we saw that last week, even though Brady played pretty well, he got sacked four times, you know, the interception, I'm going to forgive that because that's, that was just garbage time, essentially. Uh, He's just trying to make something happen because nobody else around him was helping out. But right. Go back to the Washington game, right? That was a, a, that was a, a, a game where Brady got affected by pressure. And in both of those games, the Saints game and the Washington game, the offense just was not the same. From a point production standpoint, um, from a yardage standpoint, it just wasn't. So I, I, I think if you have a concern, as, as I do, it's it's that right there. But if, if you do have any concerns about your finances, well, I got some good news for you, folks. 
call the, our friends, our sponsors over at Immunity Financial because they've got all the answers for you when it comes to your family's finances. At Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations, we're so happy Thank you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amuni Financial. Plan ahead, stay ahead. John, I'm not retiring anytime soon, but I am planning for it. For when that day comes, Immunity Financial is going to help me out because they're more about just managing families' wealth and, and all that stuff. Uh, it's, it's more than that. It's about legacy planning. It's about brokerage and advisory services, retirement accounts, college savings accounts, and insurance services. With 40 years of experience, let Immunity Financial help you plan ahead and stay ahead. Call Immunity Financial at 1-800-868-868. 6864 or visit amuni.com. And John, if you are looking to uh, do something more of a short-term investment, well, then I would recommend highly going over to our friends at MyBookie because mm-hmm. they're going to double your first deposit or you can get a quick return on your investment. Bucks Panthers uh, coming up on Sunday, but a lot of NFL games and some college bowl games too. This is college bowl season. Make sure that you do sign up using um, my bookie to use promo code pewter. They're going to double your first deposit. Use the promo code pewter, John, and uh, get in the game because you can bet anything, anytime, anywhere at my bookie. Yeah, absolutely. They've uh, got some great stuff going on. So make sure you use that promo code pewter, get involved in all of that. Uh, Ted Curtis with the $5 super chat, which surprise player has been quiet or it's underplayed that could, you could see stepping up when the stakes are high in the postseason. besides Gabbert. Um, this is a good question. I, I don't know if I would, I mean, I'm going to say JTS he's been underplayed and production wise, he's been quiet. Yeah. He's four sacks, but he could have 10. I think he's yeah. played to the caliber that he could have 10 despite being a part-time player. I right. can't imagine that as they get into crunch time, they're going to continue to play a clearly unquestionably worse player in Jason Pierre Paul. Maybe yeah. I'll be wrong and I'll be disappointed, but I, I can't imagine that in the playoffs, they continue along this path. So he would be a guy that I would say I could see him having some game-changing plays in the playoffs. Yeah, if the, if this coaching staff would do the right thing and greatly reduce JPP's snaps, because he's not helping on rundowns, no, and he's certainly not, not affecting downs, the passer yeah. at all. Right. I mean, he had zero pressures against the Saints. Uh, Cam Gill is kind of an exciting player to me, mm. and I've, I've liked what I've seen from I him. Agree. I agree. I'll tell you what. I'm at the point where I would sit JPP for a game or two and maybe have him rest up a little bit and get a little healthier. I just, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm I'm not on the Bucks defensive coaching staff, but the production they're getting from JTS in, in way fewer snaps, I would love to see him get JPP snaps right now. And, and then subbing and filling in for him. I want to see Cam Gill. I'd like to see, I'd like to see the package, John, where JTS is inside, Cam Gill's on the outside opposite Shaq Barrett, and you they have Dominica Sewer Vita Bay right next to JTS pushing the pocket. That yeah. that's a package that excites me because any four of those guys can get home to the quarterback. Yeah, I agree with you completely. And so those are good options there. Just getting back to the Panthers defense a little bit. I don't want to freak people out too much. We mentioned some things that are going to be struggles in this game. Having said all that, 
the Panthers this season are one of the highest percentage teams at playing single high defense just yep. regularly. So either they play a defense that will play into what the Bucks like to do, but they'll play into their hands some. They play a lot of cover one and a lot of cover three. That's cover one, they have good see. corners. Right, there is some man coverage there, but there also are going to be one-on-one options down the field. I think the Bucks will take them. Obviously, if Mike Evans doesn't play, it becomes less likely they'll get, they'll hit him. But you know they, that's well, a Rashad factor Perriman. in this game. Rashad, Rashad Perryman, Scotty Miller could have matchups. Yes, they AD. could have options, opportunities. Spotlights so it's a or the Panthers change things up and they try to do things something they haven't done a lot of all year, and and so there could be challenges with that uh, presented as well if they go to more of a, a of a different look defensively in terms of their safety shell. So something yeah. to watch, something to monitor. I'm sure the Bucks are preparing right. for for both outcomes, obviously, but it'll be I a very agree. different look than the Saints. Yeah, and Dante Jackson has got two interceptions, ten pass breakups. The Buccaneers, he's been really kind of hot and cold against the Buccaneers. He's had, he's had a good, good game back in his rookie season. Last year, he was not spectacular at all against uh, Tampa Bay. Stephon Gilmore, two interceptions and two pass breakups. He's only been on the team for the last seven games. Uh, the coverage linebacker, Shaq Thompson, you know, he's not the star that I think that they wanted him to be, drafting him in the first round, but he's pretty good in pass coverage. Two interceptions, five pass breakups. And Jeremy Chin, you know, I, I haven't watched enough Carolina, but I know that he had kind of a, a bit of a breakout rookie year last year. Um, but I don't know that he has really taken that next step. No, and, you're a great pick, though. He's a splashy player. He had a great pick last week of Josh Allen, unbelievable playing zone coverage. And, you know, they, yes. Panthers are interesting. You mentioned uh, mentioned um, Dante Jackson. He's on injured reserve yeah. now for them, too. So they're down Jackson yeah. and they're down J.C. Horn and they're down A.J. Bouye at corner, too. So they've had a lot of injuries there. Obviously, Stephon Gilmore's around, but C.J. Henderson is not really – they traded for him. The Florida guy, yeah. I think some Bucks fans probably know him, has not been really what they hoped to be getting. Keith Taylor, the fifth-round pick from Washington, is out there for them. Stanley, Thomas, Oliver, corner. So, I mean, it is Gilmore and kind of a bunch of guys right now. Some of those guys have played – Okay, yeah. within the system, they've not played a lot of you know. Uh, in some of the games they played best, and it hasn't been against top tier passing offenses. Right. Should be noted, but uh, they've got some bodies out there. But they, yeah, they are. They're looking for game changers, and they're hoping Chin and Gilmore can anchor that group. While they kind of turn right now, they need more help at the other positions. They've had some they serious do. injuries at some of those spots. So yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens in there. If Tom Brady has time to throw, even without Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, this could still be a pretty big game for him. The yeah oh yeah he it, is getting the time to throw no His question yeah. line has got a man up and handle that carolina front four and their aggressive blitz package i think people just don't under you know again i you only me ran to rave about this a lot i don't think people understand how like brady works that much it's crazy because he's played as long as he has but yeah. or at least people don't want to understand maybe but like people will say oh you know Brady doesn't trust this person or Brady doesn't this or so I just think Brady's going to throw to who's open on a concept like period. And yeah. if nobody's open, like he'll throw to the best option. Like it just doesn't matter who you are really. Like if you're right. in that role, he expects you to step up. Like he's not right. somebody who like, like Ben Roethlisberger would hundred percent make guys prove it before he threw the ball. I saw it for years mm -hmm. and you're like, he wanted guys to prove it in practice before. And he would just hoard targets to AB. But Brady's just never really been that guy. Like he'll throw it to you yeah. a bunch no matter what. Now, if you're good, you're obviously going to be open more right. and going to be more of a primary option. I agree. And a prime just, example of that was Brady Jalen Darden. Kind of yeah, Darden, Brady. Like he throws right. the one on one to Darden because that's the yep. right place to go with the ball on the play. Exactly. Like, and now, you know. now where the lack of trust might come in is not in game. 
John. It, it comes in during the week in those quarterback meetings where he, he tells Byron Lefwich, make sure that in this situation, these are the guys I want to throw the ball to, right? And so then it's up to Lefwich and the coaches to, to match the down and distance the, with the play call, with the personnel grouping, so Brady can have more of those guys he trusts on the field. But listen, it, it came down to just attrition on Sunday night because oh, the Bucks yeah, just yeah. ran it. They just ran out of wide receivers, <laughs> and, and they were scraping the bottom of the barrel running back. They didn't have Giovanni Bernard. They didn't have Leonard Fournette in the second half outside of a couple carries in the, it's, in the third down. It's so, kind of hilariously under-discussed. I mean, they literally had Darden, who was inactive for a good bit of the year and hadn't played wide right. receiver hardly at all, and Scotty Miller, who's barely played this year and was a healthy right. scratch last week. Those guys were playing like every snap. Like, that's just crazy. Like, why yeah. are we not talking about that more? Like, right. Was like, you right. think they lose that game if Mike Evans and Chris Godwin play the whole game? No, no they might win know. seven six, or you know, you know, they probably won't have that right. nine point situation. But you know, they might win ten nine, whatever. If you want to go there, like, but they're not losing the game with those guys. Like, yeah. So anyway, that enough said. But I think those guys are probably like being if they're able to get some talent back in this scheme, right? You know, that's a big deal. Um, you know, for this game, and and obviously Carolina is a good defense, but. We we keep I'll keep going back to it. Like there is just they aren't as good a defense as the Saints, period. Right. And there is just yeah, that, that's a fact. no way that you can let this offense off the mat. You can't. Like they're right. trying to do this hybrid thing at quarterback. You you know what's going through those quarterbacks' head here and that? Like Cam yeah. Newton, as long as he's played, you think he won't oh Sam Darnold, this dude he threw like eleven picks yeah. in four games or whatever. He's, he's not he's, happy with that news, right? I mean, even if he's at, like it's it's gonna throw off his rhythm. It's just That's what bizarre. I'm saying. Yeah, it's gonna affect it. Yeah, right? there's and just the no way. Darnold, it's like you know, Sam's like, well, I'm the starting quarterback. I'm healthy now, so why am I not yeah. starting? Why am I not playing? So right. And, and here's and, the other thing: the Panthers are 29th in passing yards per game, 28th in yards per game as an offense, and 25th in points per game. The only thing they've done well statistically is run the ball. But even that is just largely because of Cam yeah. on design runs. So if you're taking right. Cam off the field for a lot of plays, now I don't know what they do well other than turn it over. So, And you right. can't let them off the mat because they do have good receivers. But right now, everything's dysfunctional about the offense. They change coordinators. They're on the mat right now. Like This is right. not the group that it was, even what the numbers say that it was. This is a worse yeah. group than that right now. You've got to bury them, and you've got to win this game if you're the Bucks yeah. defense, I think. Lots of splash plays should be coming. I agree. The Buccaneers as a whole should be pissed off for two reasons. Number number one, because of of the fact that they lost in embarrassing fashion to the Saints on Sunday night in their own place on Sunday night football again. Number two, because they they gotta they gotta wake up and board a plane on Christmas morning and fly to Carolina and do a walkthrough on Christmas and and then play the Panthers. Now, some teams that I've covered, some Buccaneer teams, in that situation, they don't want to be there, and it shows, right? They don't want to. They don't want to fly on Christmas. They don't want to play on the day after Christmas, and it shows. So you can take that approach of like, I don't want to be here, or you can take the approach of I'm pissed off to be here, and I'm gonna take it out mm-hmm. in the Panthers, right? Because yeah. you know the Bucks didn't make the schedule. It's the NFL schedule. It's just the way it fell. But you don't get to spend Christmas at home with your kids. You got to do Christmas like Christmas Eve or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and, it, and it just messes things up. So take take the anger, the frustration. You know, the wife yelling at you. Well, when are we going to do Christmas? When, when is your flight leave? Can we get up at six in the morning and do Christmas? You know, take the anger out on the Panthers and 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 not be disinterested, not be unaffected. Get out there, 
and and make amends for Sunday night, and then you know give yourself your own present by by winning some hats and T-shirts right in Carolina. Yeah, for sure. And Speaking one of the of places presents, that yeah, tell them tell them about the presents. Listen, just in time if you're late for your shopping. <laughs> yes, if you're looking for a stocking stuffer, boy, have I got uh, you know an offer for you. Um, you've probably heard about this fine product we call Manscaped, right? It's it's a it's it's an awesome product that that John and I and, and mm-hmm. Matt and JC and everybody at the Pew Report staff uses, and it's not just you know one product. It's not just this this um, Manscaped lawnmower 4.0 that's got the LED lights and the travel lock, waterproof, um, waterproof, all of that good stuff. No, it's it's everything, John, and you get everything inside the Performance 4.0 package. 2022 is nearly here, and the last thing you want to be is the guy with your pubes getting in the way of making 2022 your best year yet. 2021 might have sucked, and that's why Manscaped is making a splash and upping your grooming game. The signature Lawn Mower 4.0 is here to take down every pube in your path. Manscaped has got the engineering you need for the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and incredible, comfortable grooming experience. This is a fourth-generation trimmer featuring cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. And as John said, it's waterproofed. So it's not just this. It's also the Weed Whacker. This is the the ear, uh, nose, and hair trimmer. Uh, I use this. And it, it's phenomenal. This alone is worth you making a purchase at Manscaped. And when you do, make sure you use the promo code Pewter20 and save 20% off plus free shipping. So if you don't get what you want for Christmas this year, give yourself the gift of Manscaped the day after. Order manscaped.com. Um, use promo code Pewter20, and they're going to send you both of these in the performance package along with the Crop Preserver, the Crop Reviver. These are great. They'll make your balls feel wonderful. And you also get the boxer briefs, which I'm wearing and I can't show you right now, and the shed. This is the high-quality travel bag. You get to put all of your Manscaped goodies in. Now, if that wasn't enough for you, John, we're also giving away. And we've had a lot of people take advantage of this. We still have some of these awesome PeterReport.com T-shirts left. We have them in white. We also have them in black. And we have them in our gray pewter color. These are awesome. And I'll send you one of these for free. All you have to do is buy a Manscaped product and save 20% off by using promo code Pewter20. You get free shipping. And once you get the email receipt, forward that to me at srpewterreport.com, srpewterreport.com. And then let me know what color you want, white, black, or gray, and what size you need. And we'll ship that to you. The great thing is that email that I'm going to get from you has got your address, which I need. It does not have your financial information, which I don't need, don't want. So make this a way to kick off 2022, way to end the holiday season with a Manscaped purchase either for yourself or as a last-minute gift for um, one of your bros, one of your, your male relatives, college roommate, whoever you want to send it to, whoever you think has pubes that are out of control. <laughs> Um, give Jeez. them the gift of Manscaped. Couldn't send us in the holidays. Just finish that ad read off night. No, you're just going to go right for it. Yeah. Love it. 
All right, uh, Mitch wants to know about the playoff seedings. Uh, so let's talk about the playoff seedings real quick here. We'll go a little bit long, I know, but uh, we'll wrap up here in a second. Um, but the Bucks, just, I mean, obviously playoff seedings, Greg Almond does a ton of it on Twitter if you want to, you know, him to give you every single tiebreaker. I, I try not to get – like, there's just so many scenarios there's even so right now. Scenarios. I think I read there's like a trillion scenarios. Like, yeah, it just – to me, it's just kind of always time to go over it. I will just say this. Right now, according to percentages, the Bucks are the most likely number two seed. Packers are the most likely number one seed. Bucks are the most likely number two seed. If they win out, they get the two seed. I think no matter what, I, you know, because I, I think, yeah, I'm trying to think how it worked with the Rams, but I'm pretty sure if they went out, they get the two seed. But either way, the Bucks, if they're the most likely two seed right now in the NFC by a good margin, they have to win out. Obviously, if they lose, that's going to change. Right. But they're project they're favored to win in all the rest of their games. So as long as they do it's that, so much can change, John, in terms of who they're going to play. I mean. The, there's been one team with three games left, one team in the NFC that has clinched the playoff spot. I mean, yeah. the Bucs haven't even clinched the playoff spot yet. Right. And obviously th that's going to happen. It would take an act of yeah. God for them not to clinch the playoff spot. But but, right. but it's just the nope. Packers right now. That's right, it. exactly. So right now, probably the two seed. They could be the three seed as well. I think it's less likely to be the four seed, but that could happen yeah. too. It depends. I mean, the, some of these teams could win out. You know, the Rams could still win the NFC West. There's a lot of scenarios the Cardinals right. don't have an easy schedule. They have the Colts and they have Dallas the next two weeks, and they have Seattle. Yeah. Seattle, I mean, that's all the NFC yeah. West games are tough. So there's a lot of tough imagine, games left. It's hard to say much more yeah. other than there'll be a tough I would imagine four, so. this week the Cowboys and the Bucks clinch playoff seeds. And I think the Bucks clinch the NFC South this week with, with the win over Carolina. Mm. So yeah. I think the Cowboys probably do the same thing. Um, I don't, I'm not sure about the East standings, but uh, I think they at least qualify for, for the playoffs with a win. Mm -hmm. And other things might have to happen. I'm just not sure. I don't follow the Cowboys. I'm not sure. But I think when it's all said and done, at least three teams this week will be in the playoffs Packers, Bucks, and Cowboys, assuming the Cowboys win and assuming the Bucks win. Right. Exactly. So they've got to clinch and they've got to get in. You know, yeah. we'll give our predictions. We're going to, we'll just give our predictions on Friday uh, when people read the, the pre preview and predictions article that goes out. You'll hear our predictions then rather than us giving them on the show. We want to see how these injuries play out and COVID at the way yeah. that it's going right now. We're just going to wait and see what happens at the yeah. end of the week with these teams. So we'll give you that update. But first, I got to let you know our friends at Underdog Fantasy, there's an opportunity for you during some of these games that are on over the holidays to get yourself some money. You can double your first deposit with the promo code pewter at Underdog Fantasy. You can do player prop bets over under on player stat lines. I'm doing some over the holiday season. I can promise you that one big a couple nights ago. And so going to do it again. NBA games are coming up if you're into that on Christmas Day. Um, that's going to be fun. you got football games too going down. And so I uh, make you can get in on those as well. Obviously, bull, there's player on uh, player prop bets over unders on those. And you can also get into uh, you can get your parlays going, get your pick five going. You can win 20 times the amount of money you put in. There's tournaments, there's best ball leagues to get into. And it's a very easy to use site. The format and the layout is unbelievable as well. That's so great. Yes, get the app too. The underdog fantasy app. Put uh, the promo code pewter, P E W T E R in. Double your first deposit. I put in 50 bucks. You get 50 bucks. I think it's up to a hundred dollars. They double your first deposit. So make sure you're taking advantage of that pewter uh, or that, that promo code pewter and doubling your first deposit with underdog fantasy. All right, Scott, we're going to be off No pods tomorrow. And then yes. uh, Saturday, Friday, Saturday, enjoy the Christmas. Everybody yeah, Merry Christmas to everybody yeah. out there. Thank you so much for watching and thank you for subscribing to Peter report TV. Uh, we greatly appreciate that. It helps our, our algorithm numbers out tremendously. Thank you all for for following us on Twitter at Peter Report, on Instagram at Peter Report, and on Facebook at Peter Report. 
right. and also for subscribing to Pew Report TV on YouTube. We greatly yep. appreciate all the support. Want to wish you guys a very Merry Christmas, Happy Holiday season. And as John said, we'll be back on Sunday uh, for the Pewter pregame show at noon because we mm-hmm. have a one o'clock kickoff in Carolina on the day after Christmas. Yep, it's going to be a lot of fun. Paul Allen and I will be with you through that game. We'll break into I play all of it as we go through the Bucks Panthers game on at one, and we'll obviously have the pregame starting at noon as well. Going to be a lot of fun. We got three more regular season ones left, and then we'll ch- we'll check in on the playoffs when it's time to start talking about them. But right now, all focus is on Carolina for us and for the Bucks. So until that Sunday show, obviously keep it locked to PeterReport.com. But until then, keep it locked in right here, and uh, we appreciate everybody jumping in uh, for one more edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out, out.